0: Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 through 38. It reads, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Up to this point, the disciples had seen Jesus frustrated. they seen Jesus angry. They had even seen Jesus sad. Frustrated when he dealt with the Pharisees and the religious leaders. Angry when he walked into the temple and noticed that they had turned the house of God into a marketplace and he flipped tables. And sad when he wept. When his friend Lazarus had passed away. But this moment that we're reading right now was the lowest point that they had seen Jesus in up to now. Yes, we believe according to the Bible that he was 100% God. But we're getting insight in this moment right here that he was also 100% human. We see him in the Garden of Gethsemane and Gethsemane is translated as the Press of Olives. So if Jesus is in this garden surrounded by tools and instruments that they would use to bring pressure and to crush in order to squeeze oil out of an olive, it's such a strong parallel to the pressure Jesus was experiencing in that moment. This was more than stress. This is deep sorrow, the Bible says. Intense pressure, extreme anguish. And Luke records in chapter 24, he says, In being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When I saw that, I went in and I started to study what this medical condition is. It's something called hematidrosis. Hematidrosis. It's a rare but real medical condition that causes sweat to contain blood. And what happens is the sweat glands are surrounded by tiny blood vessels that can construct and then dilate to the point of rupture, causing blood to go into the sweat glands. The cause of this? Extreme anguish. And so I started to think, why would Jesus feel extreme anguish in this moment? And and I couldn't help but to think that everything that had been spoken about, the stories, the conversations that he's had with his father up to this point, are now starting to settle in. And he's starting to realize this is about to happen. I can imagine that in that moment, he's realizing that although two of his closest friends were right there with him about a a stone's throw away, the Bible says, they were falling asleep, and that falling asleep of his friends was a reminder to him that he was about to do this alone. That no one else was going to be hanging on that cross with him. And I can imagine that extreme anguish also came from knowing that he was about to be betrayed by someone close, And then also knowing that his death had to happen on a cross, one of the most humiliating ways to die, one of the most painful ways to die. And if all that wasn't enough, extreme anguish being caused knowing that the sin of the world is being placed upon him. Every sinful act that you and I have committed and will commit was being placed on him in that moment. Every murderous thought, every impure thought, every single time that you and I and the whole world have and will miss God's perfect mark was being placed upon him in that moment. And this was not going to be the easy route that he was about to take. This was not going to be the painless option that he was about to willingly select. Many things were ahead for Jesus in that moment and comfort was not on that list. And in that moment, we see an internal battle happening within our Savior. As Matthew 26, 39 puts it, he went a little farther and fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. What Jesus was saying in this moment is, God, is there any other way to do this? God, are there any other options available? Is this the only way to pay for the penalty of sin? But not as I will, but as you will. God, it's not what I want. I didn't sign up for what I want, God. I signed up to complete obedience to you no matter the cost. It's what you want, Father. That's what I'm here to do. And Jesus willingly demonstrates obedience to the Father, knowing what was ahead, a gruesome death on a cross.
1: He knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus knows what's ahead for him, but he continues to be obedient to his Father's will. He knows that he's going to be in this place where he's whipped in front of all of these people over and over and over to the point where his back is just open, bleeding. People are yelling, spitting at him, mocking him. He's whipped so much that any other person would have died by this point, but they continue to beat him. They're mocking him and put what they say is a crown. They put thorns on his head where the thorns are piercing through his skin, bleeding from his face. Forced to carry his own cross to the place where they're going to crucify him. So they nail his hands to this piece of wood and they hang him there in front of people. How inhumane that it would be this public torture, suffering that our Lord Jesus Christ is hanging there from his wrists, from nails in his hands. He crucifies somebody because you're going to slowly suffocate yourself. You're not able to raise up and get a breath. And so Jesus is here. He's bleeding. He's suffocating. And people are mocking Him. The people who days before are saying, Hosanna, save me. Save me. You've come and I need your help. Are saying, you should die. And are yelling at Him. So here is Jesus on the cross bleeding and dying and doing this for us. In Isaiah chapter 53, it prophesies of this moment coming. I mean, this is many years before. It says, yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he, Jesus, was pierced for our rebellion Crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And let us not pass this moment and not recognize what this is saying. It was our rebellion and our sins. And Jesus willingly took the cross where he was pierced, where he was crushed. It says, where he was beaten and he was whipped, and what do we get? We get wholeness and healing because of what he took on himself. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet Yahweh laid on him the sins of us all. Jesus took upon himself what we deserved. Jesus decided to obey. Not my will, but yours be done. Because Jesus saw the bigger picture. And Jesus knew what this meant. You see, from the beginning, we invited sin into the world. This is something that we did. What did sin do? It destroyed the world that God had created. It created a separation between us and our holy God. That we couldn't be in His presence anymore. And for so long, the only way that we could atone, that we could pay for our sin, was to bring a sacrifice of an animal Just to be in right standing with God. And let alone God's presence, which was in this holy of holy places, that not even the holy place in the temple, but separated with the curtain, this holy of holy places, that only the high priest, under certain regulations, could find himself there in the presence of God. No regular person could find himself there. And Jesus knew what he was doing. He knew what this would mean, taking upon our sin, paying the price for our sins, suffering the death and the punishment that we deserved, that He would make a way for us to be with Him. He gave Himself as our sacrifice. And it was for the things that we have done, but Jesus saw that it was worth what it would cost Him. But why? Because of love. Because Jesus thought that we were worth what He was about to go through. His Father thought it was worth what He was going to sacrifice to have His people close to Him again. Jesus took upon the cross, took upon the pain, took upon the suffering. More pain than any of us could even fathom experiencing. Because He wanted to be with you. How in the world... Could Yahweh show us love like this? He wanted us to be with Him. To take away the separation. For us to live in His presence. To live close to Him. In Matthew 27, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and He gave up His spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. See, everything changed. That separation was no more. God's presence is now available to his people. We can now be in God's presence because Jesus knew that through his death, we now have the opportunity to experience new
2: life. And that's why we're gathering together this evening. We're reflecting on what Jesus went through, his sacrifice the anguish that he went through, the suffering that he went through on our behalf. And we have the opportunity to remember, to celebrate, to reflect on the goodness. And as Pastor Caleb said, that we get to draw close to the presence of God. And so I want us to just reflect on that for a moment, what Christ went through and the anguish that he was facing, what it was like for him in the garden to have to submit and surrender his will to the Father. What it was like on the cross when he said that no one takes my life, but I lay it down freely. And as he surrendered his spirit and his life to the father in submission of saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. And I want us to reflect on our lives and what that means for each of us. You know, as we look at Good Friday and we look at what Christ went through on the night before his crucifixion and then also on the day of his crucifixion, we have this powerful part of the story that we understand now that the story doesn't end on Good Friday, does it? But that resurrection is coming, you guys. That Easter Sunday is just a few hours away and that new life is coming. In this powerful part of the story that we understand that that's what Yahweh does. Yahweh is in the business of taking death and through it, resurrecting new life out of it. Of taking pain and suffering and doing something new with it when we submit, when we surrender that to him. Now, I doubt any of us will experience that type of anguish that Jesus went through in the garden. That hopefully we will never be at the point of pain where Literally, our sweat is mixed with blood, and we begin to sweat out blood and crying out in agony. Hopefully, none of us will ever have to face crucifixion, and we definitely won't have to face the weight of the sins of the world on our shoulder. But can I tell you this? We're not exempt from pain, and we're not exempt from suffering, and we're not exempt from heartache, and we're not exempt from the crushing of life that does weigh down on us. And so coming to church and even being a follower of Jesus does not exclude us from pain or difficulty or from suffering in this world, but we have this beautiful understanding that if we will surrender that to God, once again, Yahweh takes death and through it, he resurrects new life out of it. I mean, this has been the story of the gospel all along, even before the garden and even before the cross. Look at the words of Jesus in John chapter 12 and verse 24. Look at what Christ says. He says, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it will die, it produces many seeds. It'll produce a harvest. I don't know if you've ever seen like just that tiny kernel of grain But Jesus is using it as an illustration. And he said, if that tiny kernel of grain is willing to die, if it is willing to fall to the ground and feel the crushing pressure of the earth on it, if it is willing to die and be hidden in darkness from that death, God will bring a harvest. And that's what Jesus is saying. This is what my life is about. And if you're willing, this is what your life is about, is that Yahweh takes our pain and suffering, and through it, he resurrects new life. He does something new with it, even the most difficult moments, even the dark moments. This is what Jesus said. It's actually when we lose our life that we end up finding it. It's when we surrender our will to the will of the Father that he is able to do something powerful and beautiful, even with the mistakes, even with the mess ups, even with all of the difficulties and brokenness of our life. God can do something beautiful through it. And this is what the Apostle Paul was telling the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9. Look at what he writes to the early church. He says this, we are pressed, but we are not crushed. We are persecuted, but we are not abandoned. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. I love that. As I was reflecting on this verse this week, what stood out to me is we are persecuted, but we are not abandoned. He's telling the church in Corinth, he's telling us thousands of years in the future from when he's writing this. He is saying, church, you're going to go through difficulty, and there's going to be painful moments, and there's going to be hard times, but Yahweh does not walk away from you. Yahweh will not abandon you. I want you to hear this. God does not waste your tears. God does not waste your pain. God will not waste your suffering. If you'll submit it to him, if you'll surrender it to him, if you'll surrender those dark moments to him, I promise you, through it, he will resurrect new life. It's what he does. It's the power of the cross. The story doesn't end on Friday resurrection is coming and I want you to just take a moment because I look out across this room and and I know those of you are worshipping online I know some of your stories those of you that are joining us online you've gone through difficulty there's been hard moments in your life just take a moment and reflect on some of that Jesus did before he went to the cross he was reflecting on what was to come the pain that was laid before him and saying God I'll surrender it to you. See, some of you, you've lost people that are close to you. And it still hurts. And maybe, though, there's others around you out of the goodness of their heart. They're saying you'll get over it. It'll be okay. But you still find yourself crying because you love that person and they're not there. Can I just encourage you to surrender that pain to God and see what he can do with it? Others of you in this room, it was a dream. It was the trajectory for your occupation or a career or the way that you thought your family would look and you thought, God, this is what you're going to do. And that dream has faded. And it's painful and it hurts. And you cry and you think, God, why didn't it turn out the way that I thought it would? But can I challenge you to submit that pain and surrender it to Christ and see what beauty he can even make out of the ashes of your dream? others of you it's betrayal for some of you it may be a medical condition it's broken relationship it's sickness it's loss it's financial hardship if you and I will take the pain in our life and we will surrender it to God he can do something beautiful because Yahweh takes death and he resurrects it into new life it's what he does It's the power of the beauty of the story of the cross that he will take what's broken in our life and he will make something new out of it. We just have to surrender and submit it to him. I know in the moment we don't see the end. The disciples on Good Friday, they did not know the way the story was going to turn out. But you and I know we can trust God. We can trust him with our difficulty. We can trust him in the dark moments. We can trust him in the midst of the pain and the suffering. He will not abandon us. He will take it and do something new with it when we surrender it to him, church. And so I just want us, I wanted a tangible way that we could respond this evening. Just a way where we could remind ourselves, God, for all the difficulty that I've already walked through, And I'm telling you, there'll be more in the future, God, for all of the hardships that I'm going to have to go through, for all of the pain that I've already experienced, God, for all of the heartbreak that may lay ahead, God, I choose in this moment to surrender it to you, not my will, but your will. God, I freely lay down my life so that you can do something beautiful with it, God. And so this is how we are going to respond in this moment. The worship team, in just a minute, they're going to begin to lead us in this song. It's called New Wine. It just says, in the pressing, God, in the crushing of my life, you are making new wine. God, with all of those hardships, Lord, you're doing something new inside of me. You're doing something powerful inside of me. And so as they begin to sing, We're going to do this. We're going to take a moment, and just as you're able to, we're going to start to form a line right here. And I'm going to ask you just to grab one or two grapes and to drop it in this press here. And then after you do that, I want you to come over here to this press, and I want you to just turn that just a little bit, okay? And as we do this, we're saying, God, I'm taking that pain and I'm surrendering it to you, God, because I know out of it, in the crushing, in the pressing, God, you're going to do something powerful with it, God. You're going to make new wine. You're going to do something beautiful, even with the difficulty in my life. It's what Christ did on the cross. It's what God did through the resurrection. And after we do that, just kind of that symbolic way of taking some grapes and dropping them in there and saying, God, I'm submitting my pain to you, Lord. And then twisting that and saying, God, I'm trusting you to do something new, to make something beautiful. We're just going to worship. And after you've done that, after you've kind of gone through this, you can head back to your seats and just take a moment. The words are going to be up on the screen. I just want you to reflect on that, how Christ takes our pain, how he takes the difficulty in our life, how he begins to do something new with it and make something beautiful out of it. And so this is how we're going to respond this evening. And so those of you that are helping us, if you could make your way. And as they begin to sing, church, if you would just start to make your way out of your seat. Start over here, take some of these grapes, just drop them in, and then make your way over here to the press. And we're just going to do that. God, I surrender it to you. God, I give it to you, Lord. I lay it down. God, I know you're going to do something powerful with it. Lord, you make new wine out of the brokenness of our life.